is your bi-weekly book club podcast where we're going through our 2020 challenge list. I'm Stephanie Cortez, and as always, I'm joined by my awesome, amazing co-host, Megan Griffith. How are you, Megan? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. You know, plugging along. Yeah. Just, what can you really say during quarantine? (laughs) You're about to have a holiday, a long holiday, which will be good. We had a meeting, so we have a meeting every Thursday. We're testing this product that uh, and, and program that we're hoping to roll out towards the end of July. Mm-hmm. And um, our project manager was like, "Hey, just so you know, I canceled the meeting for next Thursday. I'm out all week because of, and you know, we have the holiday on Friday." And our COO went, "What holiday is coming up?" And I just was like, <laughs> "Oh no!" I was like, "Oh, you sweet summer child. Fourth uh, of July is coming up, and I get it. I do." Man. Time is yeah, like what is time? What even is time? What, I don't know. What? All right. So before we get into what we read for the podcast, I believe you were going to read Home Before Dark. I think that was your book of the month. Yes, club book. Yes. And <laughs> if you like horror stories that are not like existential crisis horror stories, which I we talked about quite a bit last episode. This book is so fucking good. It was, it's like, um, so the book is about a woman whose dad passes away and she finds out he leaves her this house that they lived in for 20 days when she was like five years old. And then they mysteriously ran out in the middle of the night and he ended up writing this like bestseller Annieville horror type book about the house being haunted. And he makes her promise that she won't go back to the house She doesn't believe that the book is true, but she doesn't really remember the time. Um, So the book is told half, like every chapter's got like a few pages from his book. And then it's her going back to the house to try to figure out what happened in these 20 days. And you don't know if the house is haunted or not for a long time. And it is so well done and is so creepy. And I was, I love okay. it. I finished it. I started it at one point, the first 20 pages and was like, oh, this is okay. And then I put it aside and then was doing laundry and picked it back up. And then like within 24 hours, I'd finished the book. It was like, no, cannot stop. It's so good. Yep. So that's <laughs> absolutely going on my list because we've also talked yes. about like not getting scared at books. Like what happened yes. to like when I was terrified of the first evil as a child, I want that back. Exactly. Um, yeah. Going on the list for sure. Yes, definitely um, had to, like, make sure my hall light was on because I don't like reading creepy books with my hall light off. Because who knows who could be. It doesn't matter if I haven't left the house all day. Someone could be hiding in those dark spaces. You never know. You don't know. You do not know. (laughs) This is why, like, if I'm ever home alone at night, all of the lights are on. Like, I walk into the kitchen. The light goes on. If these horror movies and shows where people just walk through buildings, like houses, apartments, whatever, with no not turning the lights on, no, fuck you. I will go back to sleep. Like yeah. if I'm getting up to go to the bathroom, I'm still turning on every light that I pass by <laughs> to get to the bathroom yep. because yeah, that's no. how that works. The the strangely, my bathroom light. Um, I'm too short to replace the light bulb, and so um, it blew, burned out about a year ago, I think. But there is a <laughs> night light in there. Okay. Um, and I you have a light source. Leave- Yes, there's a light source. And I always leave a light on in the living room, uh, mm-hmm. even when I'm going to bed, because you never know. And, and the light switch is on the other side mm-hmm. from my bedroom. So it's it's all, you know, 
I can rationalize it in my head outside of like, I'm just fucking afraid of the dark. <laughs> also, the TV's on all night. So it's like, there's noise and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, same thing. I'm like, uh, no, why, why would you do this? Question, because I saw this yeah. floating around on Twitter. Do you sleep with your bedroom door open or closed? Um, I am okay either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how, let's see. When I had roommates, I definitely slept with my bedroom door closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the summer, I'm more likely to sleep with it closed because it keeps the air in mm. the room and I don't have to mm-hmm. leave the living room air conditioner on too. Gotcha. Um, but in the my door also doesn't close completely and I don't mm-hmm. think about it as much in the winter. Also, occasionally the dog jumps up and down and yeah. goes to eat. So like because of that, it tends to stay open a little bit more frequently. Um, what about you? So I saw this floating around because someone was like, how are you sleeping with their doors open? Like the killer could get you. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. Right. Right. So I realized my door in this apartment and my last apartment both just closed like automatically, but not like obviously you have to push it to latch it, but it would get to like just be closed on its own. So like that, when I'm at my boyfriend's, it's usually open a little bit for the cat and, but I'm not facing the door, so it doesn't bother me. If I was in yeah. my bedroom at home and the door was wide open, I would get up to shut it because I'm the way my bed is positioned, I would be facing it. And I need it, like, if not just so that it doesn't have to be latched. But although if I've watched something scary from myself, that should get latched and locked. <laughs> that <laughs> makes sense. We are not messing yeah. around here. I think because my fire escape is in my bedroom, mm-hmm. um, I'm a little less, like... I don't want to say concerned. Also, I just leave, I leave a a light on in the living room. Either it's Christmas Mm -hmm. lights or it's some kind of light stays on. Yeah. Um, And it used to be the hall light, but that burned out at one point that I had like a standing lamp. Um, I definitely, the apartment before I lived in New York, I had to think about the layout of it to remember. I definitely slept with a door closed and it was like, um, and I had a bathroom that had two doors, Mm -hmm. one to go into the bedroom and one for, you know, guests. And I definitely would close the one. So, yeah, I guess I would close it off. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, I think it's also because there is literally a second entrance into my apartment, into my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, for the most part, like, there's enough stuff in front of it. You can't get in without me finding out. <laughs> so. <laughs> like, it's not bad enough that if there's a fire, I can't get out. Mm-hmm. But it's enough that you're not going to get in without making noise. Yeah, so. you're not going to get in silently. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was that. And then, like, with sleeping with your door open or closed, and then also, like, having a sliding glass door, having a stick or yep. something at the, yep, I might, we had, a bro- like, at the end of a broom handle growing up on that slider. And when I had a slider in Connecticut, we had, like, a block, like, a long, like, my dad just had, a, like, a random long two by yep. four, whatever. That went in there. <laughs> So when my apartment got broken into, um, they came in through my fire escape. And that's when I learned um, that if you push the top of it, the entire window opened. So, yeah, there's a block that sits on the top at a diagonal to keep that. So I was going to read the last of the cheerleader series, the new evil and the Nella Larson's uh, collection of work. I forgot about the new evil. I forgot I said that, so I didn't read that. And then I'm almost okay. done with Nella Larson's short stories. I'm really liking it so far, so I will be reporting That's back good. on that again next time. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, but I like I had never heard of her, so now I'm like, uh, I mean, 
pretty much anything I read, like report that I'm reading, but not for the podcast is probably going to be written by people of color for the rest of time. So, Understandable. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So now I want to like do more of Zora Neale Hurston or do more of Toni Morrison. And Hell actually, yes. I've been wanting to reread The Bluest Eye. It's not new, but I want to reread it because it's been a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah no, I um, especially thanks to Book Riot, um, they've really been focused on giving the book promotions that are discounted for Kindle, um, making sure it's all authors of color mm-hmm. um, with a primary focus on black authors yep. and also leaning towards queer authors uh, for Pride Month. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely have stocked up on a lot of books for um, my outside reading that I'm yeah. very excited about. But you're liking the short stories. Yes. Liking the short stories so far. Um I'm in one now called Quicksand about the, our main character. She's half black, half white, uh, working at a black school. She's sick of it. Doesn't want to marry the guy she's engaged to. So she's basically back in Chicago now. I'm like, what are you going to do, girl? Because you're, this is on her mother's side, her, um, her white family, where her uncle did help her after her mom passed away. Uh, basically, her dad left her mom. Um, eventually her mom does remarry, but her stepfather, who is also white, hates her. Uh, mom passes away. Jesus. Uncle kind of steps in to help. But his new wife was like, no, the, this, no, no, you're not a niece of ours. Like, no. Yeah. So that's where I'm at in that story. So that's great. That sounds <laughs> so. awful, but. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 So. Also sounds like something that happens way too frequently. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I'm going to finish that. Um. But I'd never heard of her. I got. I think. I actually know. I don't know if it was my sister who gave this to me or my mom because both of them gave me books. Because like we got together for my mom's birthday, my birthday, and Christmas, which it's my mom's birthday in November, mine early December, and then obviously Christmas. We got together in January, so it was like okay. here's multiple gifts <laughs> for oh, yeah. for everyone actually, except for my sister because her birthday is in October. My stepdad's birthday is also in December, so we got together for everyone's birthday except for Tori's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she got her stuff in October. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that's what. Yeah. So I'll finish those for next time. But so for this week for the podcast, our challenge was a queer romance, and we went with this is kind of an epic love story. Um, we do want to apologize. Last time we announced it as being written by Karen Calendar. Uh, we didn't realize that uh, Karen, they had actually changed their name to Kaysen. They're a black, queer, trans author who uses they, them pronouns. So we do apologize that we didn't get that right uh, last time. So by Kaysen Calendar. Yes. Yes. Um, I loved this. I yes. need to read, like, all of their work now. <laughs> like, <laughs> this was, like, I don't cry very easily. Um, yeah particularly at books, movies. I didn't start crying at movies until Toy Story 3 destroyed me. I fucking understand every goddamn time, even when I've caught it on TV and it's like halfway through, I get to that damn scene with the incinerator and they start holding hands and I'm like, I can't do it. <sighs> I don't really cry while reading a lot of books. This one had me crying a little bit. That beat really? towards the, we'll get to, Yeah. I don't really cry. This one. I was like, so, uh, yeah, I don't know what it was. Oh, that's so this good. This one did it. This, this, maybe <laughs> this is the literary, the literature version of Toy Story 3. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a little concerned because, um, we don't do a lot of YA. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of YA romance can get very high school and like dramatic mm-hmm. and things like that, where it's just like, dudes, you just kind of need to grow into this and things right. like that. And then there were a few moments in this book of that um, for me, but I did love this book overall. Yeah. And I think it handled um, a lot of the anxiety and issues of the book mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the first time having gay sex, like it actually like went into it more than most mm-hmm. books do. Yeah. And it wasn't like magical, mysterious, like mm-hmm. awesomeness. And I was so glad about that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like, and I also just felt like uh, some of the problems, like Nathan's, our main character, Nathan, his, a lot of his concerns, issues, fears about relationships, that just, it felt very adult yes. almost. Like, these are fears that adults have, too. But this is not just because you're a 16-year-old and having, like, the angst. Like, these exactly. are, like, some real things. Um, he's a 16-year-old high school junior. He, he lives with his mom and his, well, he has his mom and then his sister, Becca. Becca's off at college in Chicago. Um, his dad passed away when he was nine uh, in an accident. And that has definitely, definitely affected how he, basically how he sees relationships is why love someone if I'm going to lose them the way my yes. mom lost my dad or could be a divorce or just ends for other reasons. But just the sense of the relationship's going to end. Yeah. So why bother? He's very scared. Yeah. Which is so real and mm-hmm. so like, mm-hmm. oh, poor kid. Right. It's definitely an interesting take because I feel like you may see a lot where people are like, oh, why should I date? Because my parents broke up. My parents got divorced, yes. which totally, I've, I totally I've felt see that. that. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Totally see that. This was like almost a, like a different take on X thing happened to my parents. So why should I date? And a lot yeah. more devastating, I, I think, you know? <laughs> It also made sense as to why he was clinging to his best friend slash Mm ex-girlfriend quite a bit, too. Um, Right. She got a lot to say about her. Uh, (laughs) She was the part that, like, of the teenage thing where I was like, okay, hon. (laughs) Sit the fuck down. (laughs) We need to talk. (laughs) Right. Uh, her name is Florence, or Flo, which I just, I love love that nickname. (laughs) It is a great nickname. There is, um, have you seen the progressive commercials with Flo? Yes. I have a yes. friend who has a crush, or at least he had, like, when those commercials started, a crush on her. <laughs> oh, so that's every so cute. time, every time I see those commercials, I'm like, oh, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> every time. She was also in an episode of Angel. Did not know that. Interesting. She Going to have literally to one episode... When Lila goes to the law firm's library, she's the, like, librarian or file keeper, whatever they call it, um, when she's trying to look up stuff about Angelus, I believe. Interesting. Yep, she does not have the fun hair like she does in the progressive commercials, though. That's a little bit of a disappointment. I do yep. love her hair. Yeah. So, uh, when we, I like that also when we start our story, poor Nathan has a broken arm. And we don't really yeah. get to find out why. I was actually, for a second, I was a little worried about why his arm was broken because Same. I did not remember what the back of the book said. Like for the longest time, I was like, why do they keep calling him Bird? And I forgot the back of the book plainly says his full name is Nathan Bird. Totally forgot yeah. that that was his last name. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's at this coffee shop getting hot chocolate, runs into a really cute guy 
that he realizes Oliver James Hernandez. And I all I love if they're not calling him Ollie, it's Oliver James. I just love that yes. it's the full yeah, I just love how that sounds. Oliver James. <laughs> um, I also love that it's like he thinks this guy's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, what a preppy asshole. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's who this so, is. Right. And we don't get to learn the story of Oliver James until later because he doesn't, he's not really, like, he's just like, oh, when he left and we were friends, but we don't get to know, like, what happened? Is this an ex-love? Yes. Like, what happened? Um, I thought, like, I loved when we do get to learn about it, that they were best friends. And then when they were 10, poor Ollie, he got sick with meningitis. And he lost all of the hearing in his right ear and most of it in his left ear, although I think he can he still hears some low tones on the left. Yeah. He's and, able to hear that someone is speaking. Yeah. Yeah. And basically got, he learned sign, his parents did, and then he would also teach Nathan sign language. And it made me think, so at my job, we do a lot of doses of inspiration because the work, it's a lot of work, you know, and yeah. we get... So we just talk about different things, just like why we do this for our patients. So it's different things about people's reactions or responses to the medication or things they've told us and shared with us. And so when I started training at the job, they told us that they do this, which I thought was really sweet. And then when I went to my first one, I was like, oh, so I'm going to cry once a month at work. That's what's going to happen. And that's what has basically happened. Um, But during training, they had us like do a dose of inspiration at the end of each day. And a friend of mine got up and she did hers about her nephew who I don't know if he's similar. Sorry, the cat is jumping into some boxes. You're I was good. like, what the hell is that sound? Um, I don't know if he's similar to Oliver James. I think he can hear some, but I don't remember if it's just one ear or if it's just low in both, but he, they basically have learned sign, and she talked about that and how at first she thought, oh, man, I'm just not connecting with my nephew. He, just, he doesn't like me. And then they realized it was because of the hearing that he couldn't actually hear her. Um, right. So I remember when she did the presentation, I want to say she she did have us guess. She had us guess what percentage of parents don't learn sign. And I want to say it was something like 80%. It was something really what? high. Don't learn. And I was like, how? How do you, how do you, whereas. How do you communicate? Least, I don't know. Whereas her, her sister and her sister's husband and her, like the whole family has basically learned it. Um, and it's, it just, so I thought of that when I was thinking about Ollie and like, I love that his parents, or at least we know his mom does. Cause we see her yeah. sign to him later. I'm going to assume the dad learned too. Um, and that Ollie was also like totally, he's a kid. He was like totally down for still being able to communicate with his best friend, even if they had to change yeah. the method of communication. He viewed it as a secret language, which is so yes. sweet. <laughs> right. Which best friends. Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually texted mine. Um, because uh, at one point Josh was considering going into speech pathology and therapy um, and was learning sign language. And Mm -hmm. like, I was like, do you still practice? Cause like, I kind of want to learn. And like, he was like, Oh yeah, here are all my sources and things like that. He's like, it'd be really cool if you did. And like, it would get me back into practicing and stuff. So I was like, yay, my best friend and I could have our own secret, but also like everybody wears masks right now. Like, right. I cannot imagine not being able to hear and now you can't read lips on top of exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And that the other thing I really liked about this book is like most shows and books and stuff like reading lips is how, you know, and they seem to be able to understand it, but reading lips is not that high of a percentage of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really did appreciate that this book had other methods of communicating that wasn't just Ollie reading lips. Right. 
Right. I also like the descriptions, too, of when he would sign or when Nathan would sign, like the author's describing moving their yes. hand this way or doing this gesture to mean this. And she's like, this is so cool. <laughs> Thank you for doing this, Kaysen. <laughs> like, yes. I love that. I love that it was the way it was just folded into the story um, and not not like just a um, a random trait about Ollie that we then kind of forget about because he's reading exactly. lips or something like that. Yeah. Um, Ollie moves away, and but before he does, before he moves, they're sad about it. They're play fighting, and Nathan kisses Ollie. Ollie kind of runs out of the room. They don't really say goodbye, and then Ollie's not responding to texts or emails or anything. So the friendship, Nathan feels like he just fucked it up because he kissed the boy next door, basically, you know, so, which is devastating. Yes. And now five years later, Ollie's back and has a boyfriend. And I was like, ugh boyfriend <laughs> i know the moment that that he says that and then we find out that it was nate that kissed him mm-hmm. i don't know there was something like there was never a moment of relief where it's like oh well at least he likes boys like that i have a mm-hmm. shot it's still just like a complicated mess and i appreciated that mm-hmm. i guess yeah yeah it's it just a weird thing of note i guess right it's also feel like it's just the way it's so Nathan and Flo date and they break up because she cheats on him. She kisses Lydia, who I believe she was working with um, part time. They kiss. And so she realizes she just sees Nathan as a friend. They're better off as friends and she wants to date Lydia. I love that Nathan didn't have the crisis of, oh, my God, my girlfriend left me for another girl. What did I do? What is it like anything about that? That it was just, damn, she left me. And he's just heartbroken because he loves her. Like, yeah. that's it. There's no, like, crisis about, oh, she left me for a girl. What does that mean? What does that mean about me? Am I not man? Like, there was none of that bullshit. Yeah. It was just, And ugh. not even, like, a, and we had had a conversation that she likes both sexes or anything. It was just very much, like, an entire, it, it's reminded me a little bit of Shit's Creek, where it's just like, yeah, everybody kind of right. understands and knows. Right. It's just matter of fact. This is what yeah. happened. And it's devastating. And he's just trying to not lose her um, because yeah. he, she's still his best friend. And... I love too the part where we find out when they meet like the first day of high school, he's nervous, he's sitting by himself. And then this girl comes up to him and she's like, you know what? You don't know anyone. I don't know anyone. Therefore we should be friends. And that's his introduction to Flo. She's like, we're going to be friends. <laughs> we're going to get through this high school together. <laughs> I also appreciate that. She's like, and I won't be your manic pixie dream girl. Um, which she's not. She's not. I highlighted the shit out of that one. I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did have issues with Flo, but. Um, I don't know if it's like my own stuff resonating through flow. It, it's just like a lot of like, I get like, it was a shit situation. She cheated and she's like trying to move everybody past that. It doesn't feel like she gives Ollie the time to like deal with the fact that his girlfriend cheated on him. Oh, Nathan. Yes. Sorry, yeah. Nathan. Um, mm-hmm. and like, she just wants them all to be friends and that mm-hmm. everything's okay. And that like. I appreciate that at no point is he like, you owe me the space and things like that. I don't know. It just, part of me is like, it's handled well, but also it's really, really not handled well. Yeah. She just wants to kind of, she basically wants to go back to what it was before they dated where they're best friends and now she has yes. a girlfriend. So before them dating, I'm sure it would have just been like, yeah, let's all hang out together and it would be fine. No awkwardness, but they did date. And she just wants to kind of get back to the before because she doesn't want to lose him as her best friend either. But it right. does feel like she's just trying to force it along without 
Yeah. You know, giving the time, because it, it, it's going to take time. And as we get to see later in the book where they're interacting and he's not constantly thinking about, oh, I wish I could hug you. I wish I could kiss you. And I need to pretend and hide this so that she doesn't see my emotions. It's just now we're friends because t- enough time yeah. has passed. We're back to just friends. I guess I couldn't separate whether or not <laughs> Nate was reading too much into some of the stuff she did or if she actively was trying to keep him interested in her. Mm just in case like there's like some talk of like the way she would move her hand or things like that and like but then she would then be like you're not still interested in me right and i'm like i don't know which vibe i'm supposed to be getting of like is Mm -hmm. it nate reading too much into it because he does still have feelings or is it that she isn't ready to let go of this person having feelings Mm -hmm. for her I don't know if I'm supposed to like Flo or not. I guess that's where I'm trying mm. to get to at the end. Yeah. Or if it's like she knows he's still in love with her and he appreci- she appreciates the ten- attention? I don't know. Maybe? Or like, because I do think she genuinely doesn't want to lose him as a friend. Yeah. Is like not doing a great job of navigating the after. Um... Because there are times, because they do kiss. They do kiss at one point. Yes. Um, where she's still dating Lydia. And so, you know, this is what you did to him with Lydia. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Because she says multiple times, I think, I think it's mul- at least once, that she just, they're better off as friends. She loves him, but as a friend. Right. So then you could look at the, the kiss and it's like, well, what's the kiss then? Is it to hold on to him because you know he still has feelings for you? Or is it just a weird lapse in judgment because of how comfortable you are with him? Especially because, like, she and Lydia eventually break up. And mm-hmm. she mentions that, like, Lydia had been trying to break up with her for a while. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. Just something about Flo, especially how she reacts when he and Ollie start getting... Like, I understand... I totally get the third wheel. I'm afraid I'm going to lose. My best friend's best friend came back and I'm afraid I'm going to lose mm-hmm. my best friend. Like I, I understand that as a teenager. Um, but I feel like the way she acts when he admits that he has feelings for Ollie is weird. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Because she, yeah. Like she tells him she needs time to process it. And sorry, cat's jumping up. <laughs> You're good. I'm just like laughing at the term. I need to process it. Right. And I was like, what do you need to, for me, when I read that part, I was like, what do you need to process? You've moved on. You have your girlfriend. Or did you just yeah. want to keep the attention from Nathan? Like, what is, what is there to process? And then it was like, well, are we going to see you having a crisis of, oh my God, now he's interested in boys? Like, what was I? Which luckily we don't go into that. Um yeah, because, no, because there's definitely a comment of, like, when she's trying to f- force him to find someone new to date. Yeah. She definitely mentions Ollie, too. And, like, it's, I don't know, maybe there was a conversation where they both realized that they were bisexual and, like, it's totally fine. And, like, it honestly, it's handled really well in the book. Mm-hmm. It's just, Flo is the oddball to me in this entire book. Mm-hmm. And that's all. I just don't know how I'm supposed to feel about her. Um 
and that never actually gets resolved because at some point she's fine and it like she kind of gets not pushed to the back I mean like he no longer has feelings for her like that and she falls back into the best friend role and Mm -hmm. that's great and honestly that's that's how it should be yeah but I just feel like there's something that happened that didn't get resolved and I don't know exactly what that is I also like I did kind of feel like her reaction was not super out of like the blue or like not out of the blue um unbelievable like Mm -hmm. so going back to like Buffy when Willow is gonna start dating Oz Xander is a fuckboy and an asshole but he totally acts that way a little bit about Oz like a little bit resentful that his best friend is now not solely focused on him right so maybe it's that like that like you know like there's someone taking up my best friend's time and I can't like she's not just there when I want her to be there so maybe it's kind of like that where I know she was worried about losing him period um but maybe it's also that of well maybe that is what it is Uh, except for and I get it like maybe I I, we don't real um, find words Meg it's not really stated directly that that is his first relationship I don't believe but I get the feeling that Flo was his first relationship it it, it totally feels like it it does (laughs) yeah and so yeah like you know if that's the case we don't have a track record of seeing like how you are in a relationship do you end up blowing people off we don't know Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess I, that, that concern makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I like that idea more than just like, I don't know. She just, I wanted to make her worse than she was, I guess. <laughs> I just, I couldn't figure out what vibe I was supposed to be getting. Yeah. So I was definitely annoyed all. with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when she shuts her, she's like, I need to process it. And then she's not talking to him. I'm like, are you fucking yeah. kidding me? First of all. You cheated on him, and he's still your friend. A yes, exactly. Still your like he's. He I think that along. was part of my problem. Is I was mm-hmm. like, um, you don't get to play this card, right? Exactly, because like he went along with it when you tried to like force the friendship between him and Lydia, which I don't. This is not going to yeah. work, and it doesn't. Like the scene, like the like when they're in the comic book store, and she's sitting with them and then she leaves them alone and she gives Lydia a pointed look and it's clearly a look to say to let us know and that they've talked about this she has told Lydia she wants them to be friends she wants Lydia to try um and she's now like stepping away for her to do that but it's like because uh, also from Lydia's perspective this is your ex-boyfriend who probably still wants to be with you but now you're with me like is he gonna try to get between us like I could see Lydia also being uncomfortable with the situation. Yeah. And, and she was. I think that's part of the, why she probably broke up with her, honestly, is. Well, that and she, really did, she did tell Flo she wanted an open relationship. That's true, too. Yeah. Which is, you know, something interesting to talk about as a teenager. Like, I don't think I know any teenager that has had that conversation. Um, not nope. to say that they don't. Right. Uh, and I feel like Gen Z is probably more likely to have that conversation. Maybe, because when I was a teenager, it was definitely like, oh, let's be together forever and get married and that's it. And yeah. it's you and me and the, because that, oh, that's also what you see, though, on TV. It's like you're together exactly. and you're, it's just you two and that's it. And then, 
you have some angsty breakup and <laughs> maybe you get back together. Who knows? Yeah. Open relationships so. are hard. They are. They look like a lot of work. They really are. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I got a lot of thoughts on them, but it's whatever, you know, but I think it's, you know, yeah, it's really cool that teenagers are discussing it in this book. Yeah. Um, Ollie is in a committed long distance relationship with Aiden, like no open, nothing. It's just going to be them. Yep. And I, oh, so Ollie is also into photography. Let's not forget that. I like that, like, so this also felt very real to me, that when Ollie comes back to town, the first thing him and Nathan talk about is not what happened. Like, they don't really dive into it immediately, and that felt very real for teenagers, or anyone, like, anyone at any age, you know, to not, like, to kind of skirt the awkward issue of how do I bring this up, do we talk about it? And they do eventually talk about it, but that felt fairly real to me, that they didn't just immediately dive in and try to like problem solve and get back that it was just it was, it was awkward between them <laughs> for a little while at the beginning in five years yeah yeah but uh and then also no wait nathan kisses him again later <laughs> yes um first ollie tells him about that emerging creatives contest so ollie is into photography and he's gonna apply for that side of things and he thinks nathan should apply for the screenwriting side of things and Nathan's very much like, oh, my writing's not good. Like, I've never actually finished a screenplay. And he's like, well, if you don't get in, at least you will have then finished your first screenplay and just keep writing. I loved that so much. Me too. I was like, you know, some people, that's what they need is a deadline of some sort. And right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought like, that was I, really cool. I 100% identify with Nathan <laughs> when he eventually confesses all of his fears about writing to Ollie that what yes. if it's not good blah 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 and so he doesn't really do it and I was just like this is why I don't write even after having <laughs> that piece and bust like this yeah. is totally it even though it's like I know I shouldn't expect everything I write to be amazing and wonderful so just do it but I totally identified with Nathan in that I was like Nathan I feel you I in this you. fear mm-hmm. <laughs> of course Ollie's very much the sensical mm-hmm. one of yeah you're it might be shit you might not do it but then you just keep doing it if you like doing it just do it and I'm like yes Ollie that makes sense <laughs> it does make sense but rejection is hard it is and, it is um that's why like a, if anything with quarantine what I've like um I've really gotten into audio dramas creating them auditioning for them and things like that and I really really love every aspect of it um and I get a lot of rejections on mm-hmm. the audition parts uh, which makes sense. I'm very new to it. I'm still learning how to, you know, do different voices and things like that. Um, and it sucks, but I guess because it's not the thing I'm most passionate about, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt as bad. So like this week I actually did something. I, I submitted a pitch um, for a paying um, job that would be like a really big deal um if i get it Mm -hmm. um do you remember when we read i started this sentence and knew thought i would have the book title by the end of it (laughs) Uh, it was one of the first books we read for the podcast together um where women got powers oh the power was it called the power holy shit is it called the power (laughs) 
uh, Naomi Alderman is someone who writes for this company and does these. It's essentially. Um... Yes. Stories for while you're exercising, Ooh. eventually, or adventures you can go on and things yep. like that. Like the main one is Zombies mm -hmm. Run, um, and they do a lot of like side um, races and things like that. And they're trying to expand more and hire more people to create things that are less zombie related and, and um, other kinds of genres. Um, and I submitted a pitch, and I think what gave me the like ability to be okay with being rejected if I don't end up getting mm -hmm. this uh, is the fact that like I've gone through so many rejections recently because of auditions and I still love this like kind of work mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So yeah. Um, I totally feel all yeah. like it, uh, Nathan, not all, Nathan, Nate, yes. where like the whole like fucking finishing something is a beast yeah. or even starting because i remember there's one part where he's got a whole list of ideas and he can't figure out what yes. to do for the for the uh, emerging creatives for the prize is you get to go to new york for is it all summer or a couple weeks yeah, it's like a summer class yeah. so at least a right. few and weeks if you yeah. win it's all paid so that that would be obviously yes. the ideal um so even starting something it's like oh well what if it's not good i totally do this to myself where i talk myself out and then like having the piece and bust, that was the first one I had submitted to them. So it almost feels like, oh, that was great. Should I just quit while I'm on top? Where like the first thing I submitted got accepted and not do anything else? <laughs> like, no, the answer is no. I shouldn't. I should. The answer is no. You can write and you should be fucking writing more. Yeah. But I, I feel that stress. Yeah. yeah. And like Ollie speaking, I was like, Ollie, you were speaking to me. And I know these things. <laughs> Like, but I just... Damn it, you 16-year-old yes. child. I'm in my 30s. You're not supposed right. to be experiencing the things that I experience. Who also is very much, like... So, he breaks up with Aiden eventually. And him and Nathan do get together. And when they're talking about having sex, he's like, well, let's just do some research on it. Because neither of us have done this. And I was yes. like, yes, this is me. Like, didn't have a dog. Or I had dogs growing up, but I wasn't in charge of, like, house training or anything like that. So, thinking of getting a dog. I go get a book to research freaking out about the idea of having kids i go get a book i research freaking out the idea of yeah. getting married and like only being known as a wife get a book do some read like this is me <laughs> like it's just like yes ollie you do that research we found teen stephanie yep, yep. <laughs> it's very hermione consult the books except yes fuck the author but yeah <laughs> hey as josh put it the other day he goes didn't you hear so we're in a civil court case trying to win the rights for Harry Potter so that uh, she can't have them anymore. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Like, I was like, that is so inspiring. Thank yeah. you. This is the people's set of books now. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kind of going back to Flo. Forgot to mm -hmm. say this. When she really wants him to start dating someone, that definitely felt to me very much like the guilt of what she did and if he's happy with someone else then she doesn't have to feel guilty anymore yeah so of their friend group it's Flo, nathan ashley and gideon ashley is totally in love with gideon everyone knows it except for gideon or at least Flo and nathan know but not because ashley has told them they just it's very obvious yeah she suggests that he dates ashley and i was like why <laughs> because you 
it was just explained that both of you understand she's in love with Gideon. Like, why are you trying to push this on him to the point where she talks to Ashley about it and Ashley approaches him like, Hey, we should go on a date. Cause basically cause Flo said so. Yeah. Basically neither of us really want to do this, but like, why not? Sure. Right. But then while they're on said date, cause he agrees, they get like hot chocolate or whatever. And Ashley basically offers, she's like, I know I said I had sex before, but I lied. And I know you're a virgin. You haven't had sex. Let's just have sex together. Let's just kind of get it over with. We'll be each other's first. Let's do it. And I'm just like, what? Was your friend group obsessed with losing their virginity? No. Okay. No. I. (laughs) No, not obsessed with it. Definitely not. And I didn't know, like, maybe guys were, oh, I, I have no idea if guys were, but like the friend, like the girlfriends, like those, like not obsessed with it. I absolutely wanted to, but it was because everything I was already doing felt really good. I just wanted to go to the next step. However, there were in my sophomore, junior year, I noticed a lot of girls were getting pregnant. Like it, it might've only just been a couple, but it was like in their senior year. And I was like, that's not going to be me. So I was like, yeah. I-, I am not having sex until I graduate high school. And yeah, I was the same mindset of that. So I was like, I'm not, I, I'm no, this is not going to happen. Even though my mom, so my mom <laughs> did not give me a sex talk. It was, here is a book about puberty. Didn't actually say that. Just here's a book. I think you same. should read it. And that's what it was. No follow up, no nothing. And then one day she's like, I think you should go on the pill. And I was like, what? What are you talking like, We don't talk about this. What are you talking about? And she's like, because she didn't want me to get pregnant. And I was just like, I'm not ready to have sex. I'm worried if I go on the pill, I will have sex. So I don't want to go on the pill. And that makes sense. She was like, okay, but when you want to go, you tell me and we'll go to the doctor. And I did get like, to April of my senior year is when I did finally have sex. Just the opportunity was essential so, so we could spend like the whole night sure. together. Um, and then I went to my mom after that and told her I wanted to go on the pill. And she, she just said, okay. And we went to the doc. Like I wasn't, I don't think I was at that point. I don't think I was supposed to, no, I wasn't supposed to have a boyfriend. She asked no follow-up questions. Like she stuck to her word, made the appointment, went to the doctors, got me on the pill. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So not obsessed with it, but like, I definitely wanted to just because everything else felt good. <laughs> so my mom was a teen mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and my best friend in middle school and high school also had a teen mom. Um, and it was kind of like, not agreed, but it was one of those things where we were both like, we don't want to be that statistic either. Um, so I just, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm going to wait until after high school because mm-hmm. I don't like my odds mm-hmm. and I don't want to risk it. Um, and then he came out of the closet and then it was no longer a factor of getting someone pregnant. Mm-hmm. So um, I, he had sex in high school, I think. I'm fairly certain. Um, but no, I waited until college, even though like my mom did the same thing. She you know basically threw a book at me. Um, <laughs> They, I remember like the first time I had sex ed and like being like, I'm going to wait. And both my parents laughing at me or my mom and stepdad, because it was like, cool. If you decide you want to wait, that's great. It's not really realistic though. And me being annoyed by that Um, (laughs) or waiting till marriage. That's what it was. Ah. Um, And so like, I remember all of that, Um, but my mom did the same thing. I ended up going on the pill because of, um, my, my period was such a fucking mess. And at that point when I did, my mom went, I don't want to know. She's like, I just don't want to know. 
She's like, you're on the pill? I don't want to know. And, okay. uh, but yeah, no, I waited until freshman year of college because I just, I was going to get my goddamn degree and I was going to go to college. Like, right. it was going to happen. Right. It's like, uh, my thinking, exactly. Even though, like, in retrospect, my mom said she wanted me to go on the pill. Could And I was always very much like, pill and condom, not negotiable. Like, because we yes. were just going to double down on the protection here. One for you, one for me. Except, obviously, the first time I wasn't on the pill yet. And then I was like, I'm not doing this again until I'm on the pill. Yeah. Um, but, like, even, like, retrospect being like, oh, I could have done this and then. But I'm glad that I waited. And that, it, you know, just that I waited until I did. Yeah. Um, I, um... So I think I've talked about this briefly. Like I had serious, I ended up having to have a hymenectomy where they remove your hymen because mine had so many fucking problems and things like that. And like, I assumed that I would never have sex because everything hurts. Mm. Um, like even like everything about my period and things like that. And so like, it just wasn't something, you know, it was no. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, um, I guess in hindsight, I guess it's good that nothing felt good to me. Um, Cause it was made the fact that I waited until college a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Um, but it was never because of the stigma of like, I didn't give a shit if I was a virgin or not. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be a big deal in this book. Yeah. Is like, I, and I, and I think part of my annoyance is more with the fact that I've been watching a lot of Degrassi and that's like mm. such a sex, teen sex focused show. Mm -hmm. um, and every time someone has sex, they have a pregnancy scare. Um, <laughs> but that being said, like, like I said about this book, like the way that they actually handle the guy's first time, I think is done incredibly well compared to how most books handle it. Mm -hmm. um, and... The fact that he didn't have a good time the first time. Which, you know, uh, that happens. It felt so fucking realistic. Yes. yes. And that, like, um, that he's nervous. Like, he, Flo, yes. when him and Flo are dating, she wants to have sex and he doesn't because he's really worried about how that's going to change things. A valid concern for sure. And yeah. he's worried about the same thing with Ollie. And then it's also still the whole, like, if I let someone in and then I lose them the point what's the point type of thing um yeah the fear there so when he find when they like there's a couple there's like a time where they like almost at gideon's um halloween party which like i love how it's just like it's the obligatory teen movie wild party because he's super fucking yes. rich oh <laughs> like, <laughs> but and then they like oh so also, just to back up really quick with Ashley's crush on Gideon, and she goes to him, Nathan, for advice oh. on how to tell him. And his advice is to do a freaking say anything, giant grand gesture with a sign in front of, like, not the entire student population, but it's lunchtime, so it's, it seems like the entire yeah. school. What? Why? So Nathan, I think why? you and I are both sitting here being like, no, this is a bad idea. But prom 
invites and shit like that have gotten so big and so annoying and like yeah that's true you know actually the bigger the better kind of thing and so it felt real because of that i forgot about that it was a big anxiety thing for me and like that is something so personal that you need to like you need to know Mm -hmm. if you're gonna do something like that if you're going to make that public of a gesture Mm -hmm. you need to know that the answer is going to be yes yes absolutely um and that they're okay with that right right I, oh, as soon as she, like, called out his name across the, like, courtyard or wherever, I was like, no, 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 please stop no, doing this, please heart. stop doing this, please stop doing this, yes. <laughs> actually, no. I was like, this is, nope, Because Mm-mm. to Nathan and Flo, it's very obvious that she has a crush on Gideon. I didn't get the sense that either Gideon knew or if he did know that he didn't feel the same way about her. And I was just yeah. very nervous for the response. And apparently Gideon didn't know and like hadn't picked up on any of the obvious clues and was caught up realistic to do a thousand percent it is yeah Um, but like his first reaction was he's caught off guard he like lets out a little bit of a chuckle and i don't think he was laughing at her it's just that nervous what is happening energy and unfortunately other students took that lead and just laughed at her and she's embarrassed and runs off um but then at the party They've apparently patched things up enough to the point where at least when they're drunk, because again, this is the obligatory teen movie uh, yes. party scene, and there's alcohol somehow. I, there's, I, whatever. And they're also staying overnight. Yeah. And his parent, like his mom, who, by the way, he has a 7 p.m. curfew. She's cool with this. Right. Because it's just one night, which I'm just like, but you have a seven o'clock curfew. Yeah. Seven. Now, I did not have a curfew. When I was growing up, not to say I was out at all hours, it was, you need to ask me where you're going, and we need to talk yes, about the time, same. and then if you're not home by this time, there's a problem. <laughs> so, yes. it was definitely a case-by-case yeah, no, case thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so they, Gideon and Ashley are drunk, and they basically shut Ollie and Nathan up in a room, uh, because Ollie confided in Ashley, and I was just like, this, this is a lot. <laughs> really appreciated that Ollie confided in Ashley yeah. and that like it's not just Nate's friends yes like, Ollie has integrated into this group they're his friends um, too yeah I, I really did appreciate it from that standpoint but yeah like the whole um let's lose our virginity at a teen party no 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 no, no. and they don't no. but it's more because yeah. Flo comes in and because she, she's like, this is fucked up. Why did you lock them in here? And then it's like, oh shit, I totally interrupted something and now I am sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I appreciated that all around. Um, I don't know. I feel like um, Nate's concerns are very, very valid. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I do think that Ollie takes them into consideration very well. Yes. Yep. That and... Um, I think Nathan is a little kind of surprised. Like, I guess he just thought Ollie was having sex with Aiden when he was back in yeah. New Mexico with him. Um, cause Ollie's like, no, I've never done this. So get them books. Let's, let's do some research. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he even says like, there needs to be some, like a progress or, um, a process that needs to happen first mm-hmm. and things like that. And I appreciated that. Like right. we have to be everything prepared. about it. Yeah. Um, and part of the problem is that I think a lot of um, um, gay romance books are written by women who obviously don't experience this first time. Yeah. Um, so getting it 
from someone who has experienced this mm-hmm. for the first time. I mean, I've, I, I'm assuming there is always a chance that um, the author is asexual and I don't know that or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It felt the most realistic yeah. um, concerns and, and handling of it that I ever read. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I also like to, so there's, um, I still don't understand where everybody was at this point, but there's the, the, after they watch Pan's Labyrinth in the film club, before they have sex, the Ollie's like, oh, do you want to sleep over? And his mom, <laughs> I don't, sexy movie. Right. But it's more like, I'm scared. Um, I don't know where Ollie's mom is. I don't, there's no really a mention of Nathan telling his mom, or maybe he texts her or something that he's going to sleep at Ollie's house. But I was just like, where's yeah. Ollie's mom? <laughs> She does a night class. I don't she know if she does. teaches it or if she's taking one. Yeah. And I guess that's where she is. I guess so, because that is where she is when they do have sex, because yeah. I love that, though. Before she leaves, she says something like, well, whatever you guys do, just stay safe. And there's, like, emphasis. Yes. And I was like, oh, moms, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, his always mom definitely knows. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, by the end, Nate's mom definitely knows, but it's like... At one point, there is a mention where he's like, "Mom doesn't know because he, she definitely wouldn't let Ollie mm-hmm. be up here, right, with the door closed or something like that." Right, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I guess in the end, at no point does this feel like a coming out book. It doesn't. It just feels and like, yeah, this is life. Yeah, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's what I need from my queer literature. Is that. Uh, I don't need coming out stories. I just want to see as if it is a straight couple, you know, a hetero couple. Right. Because they don't have to come out to their friends or family. And yeah, they just are dating so-and-so. And And that's what this is. It's like, now I'm dating Ollie. Yes. I did also like the, it felt realistic to me how Nate's mom she basically wants him to stay close. So her daughter, Becca, has gone off to school in Chicago, far away. And now Nate's the only child at home. If Nate goes off to school somewhere else, she's going to be by herself. And she's not ready for that. And she's like pressuring him to stay in state, to stay very local. Um, when she finds out about the Emerging Creatives contest, which I like, this also felt real because he was like, I had that under a bunch of stuff. So she had to go through my stuff to find that. I was like, that's apparent. Or, nice. you yeah. know, um, in the schools in New York, so it's across the country. Um, she doesn't want him to go. And it just, not saying that this was right, but it just felt real that that a parent yes. would do this. Like, just, you know, just be fearful of being alone. And then also the, the combo of, well, what if something happens? Well, I mean, any parent's going to worry about what if something happens to my kids. But after sure. her, her husband's gone, now really, it's what a, if, it's... yeah more yeah what what junior in high school has a 7 p.m curfew right come on right that's yeah right um i did like so at thanksgiving is uh where so nathan and his mom have an argument um he tries to talk to her about the contest and he ends up saying something to her about how he needs to be able to live his life that it's like you want to just hold on to me and I have to live my life without worrying about you all the time, which was, and he knew that it was a dick thing to say. It's a little bit true though, 
Yeah. But it is I mean, dick- yeah, there are ways of phrasing it that is less, like... Dickish. Yeah, dickish. less hurtful. Yes. Um, and they don't really talk about it, so that's in October, I think. And then Becca comes home for Thanksgiving in November, and that's when he finally is able to apologize to his mom. And she knew that... She knew. Like, she... She understood what he was saying, that he wants his independence and that he doesn't want to, she, like, she understood the realness of what he was saying, basically the truth behind it, and that he was sorry for the way that he said it. Yeah. Um, but that they have a moment where she's talking to him and he's like, well, how do you do this? How do you, like, love someone, let them into your heart, basically, if, to lose them? And she's like, listen, I would do everything all over with your father if he, if given the chance, even knowing that I was going to lose him because the times we were together were just great. And I was like, that's where I was like, oh, and now I'm crying. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can see that. I feel like that was a very good moment. And it's something that, like, even at 32, I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I definitely am someone who am very quick to be like, you know what? I don't think this is worth it. I've gotten hurt enough. I, like, it's it's fine. Like, I'm out. And uh, that's not necessarily the way you should go about it. Plus, this is also after him and Ollie have sex, so it's it's not like all of a sudden they had sex and now everything's perfect. Nathan still has these fears, and I also thought that was very real, yes. because sex isn't just going to make those fears go away. It might actually make them worse, you know? Exactly, yeah. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> here's a little bit more about me that people probably want to know. Um, after the first time I had sex, we broke up a month later, mm. and it wasn't anything necessarily related, but, like, it definitely fucked with my head for a little while. Mm. Like... I, I totally got where Ollie was coming from, like, mm-hmm. being afraid of someone leaving, you know. Nathan. Nathan. God damn it. Why do I keep doing that? I think I just really like Ollie's name. I do, too. Yes. Although, our friend Ollie is going to hear that and be like, hey, that's me. <laughs> no, our friend Ollie's a jerk. <laughs> just kidding, Ollie. I love you. I yeah, know. We do. We do. Um, and then... <laughs> Nathan's fears, unfortunately, are slightly realized in that when... So Nathan's dad still lives in New Mexico and has been wanting him to come home. Ollie's dad. Damn it! I did the opposite! (laughs) (laughs) Ollie's dad. Um, So when Ollie originally moves to town and and he's still dating Aiden, he tells uh, Nathan this, that Aiden obviously also wants his boyfriend to move home. Um, But then Aiden also gets super clingy, like angry if Ollie's not answering texts right away and also Ollie clearly has feelings for Nathan so he breaks up with him but his dad still wants him to move home so Ollie comes to talk to Nathan after he gets back from visiting his dad for Thanksgiving and he's like I have something to tell you and I was like god damn it (laughs) and it's dad wants him to move home which is not anything different than what we already knew but Ollie's crying and it's clearly oh you're gonna move home and his mom agrees because the school had a great photography class and he had a mentor there who was going to help him. And it is a better opportunity for like, for that side of things and then to get into colleges and stuff. And yeah, you got to think long-term, right. unfortunately at that age. Right. And Ollie is like, Oh, we can do long distance. Um, Ollie tells like he did research on long distance. Cause that's Ollie. And Nathan, yeah. he's like, Nathan says, I don't want to wait for you. And Nathan's like, it's not going to work. It didn't work for you and Aiden. Um, so it's not, and Ollie's like, but you're not Aiden. This is different. And he's like, no. And when he says, or texts, I don't want to wait for you. I was like, God damn it, Nathan, my heart. So I know, I know. I just, I get it. Long, I have been in a long term, or uh, long term, long distance relationship. And they're, they're fucking hard. Mm-hmm. They 
like they require work from mm-hmm. both sides right. and and you it is easy to get jealous of someone who's in a new situation and mm-hmm. things like that and like trying out things but it's you know communication's key and, right and setting boundaries and things like that right. and um, Nathan does also, I'm sure. He asks if Aiden is why Ollie wants to move yeah. home, and Ollie's like, don't do that. But I'm sure Nathan is also like, well, you're going to be around your ex boyfriend, and it's not going to work. Yeah, so I, let's just stop it now. His fears are very valid. Um, and I do like that it, Aiden isn't a factor mm-hmm. here, but it, his fears are valid, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um, so he ends it, or Ollie's like, you know what? You're, and when he's, when he, Tells Ollie, I don't want to wait for you. Ollie's like, you're right. Let's end it now. So they're done. Um, and he's the plan is for him to move after the holidays, after Christmas. And uh, he, so when Nathan gets his response from the emerging creatives contests, uh, it starts with the we regret to inform you. And then he's devastated. And then that's like another fear. Almost realized, oh, my writing wasn't good enough. Although he does tell his mom, like, oh, well, I did at least finish the screenplay. Yeah, I like that he was clinging to, like, knowing that. Right, which was what Ollie had said, was at least you will have finished it then. Yes. So. Which is a really hard thing for writers to do. Yes, yes, finish and submit somewhere. So yes. Then his mom reads the letter and she's like, wait a minute, this says you did get in to take the classes. He just didn't win the, the full, like, grand prize of everything being paid. He's like, yeah, but it's too expensive. It's across the country. She's like, hold on. So you've decided on your own that we can't afford this. We're going to make this work. You might have to get a part-time job, but we're going to make it work. And then when Becca comes home for the holidays, um, I think both Flo and Becca end up saying to him on different occasions, so you just decided on your own that this long-distance relationship with Ollie is not going to work. Like, you keep deciding all these things on your own without factoring in other people. Yes. Which a lot of guys seem to do that. Mm -hmm. That is a a very... (laughs) Weird thing. Um, yeah, and I like that both of them, both Flo and Becca, are both like, you know, maybe you're not in game, and maybe this is only for now or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I think you might be in game, and mm-hmm. you know, you don't get to decide that. Like, that's right. something you just have to go through a process. Right. Even if you're not the end game, you're happy now. So why not exactly take the chance, try to put in the work, and make it work? Because um, I am very much like Ollie in that standpoint where I'm just like, I want to know that this is going to be a long term or like this is going to go some distance. And like, I don't necessarily need to know that it's going to work out until I die. But mm-hmm. like, I need to know the effort is worth it mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. I also liked how and identified with this um, more so when I had cable, but Nathan's mom We'll, obvi- we'll a lot of times just be sitting on the couch watching Friends because it's just on. That mine was Bones or Castle because it was on TNT a lot <laughs> when I had oh, yeah. cable. Yeah. Like, I would just turn that on. <laughs> now with streaming, it's like, oh, I, I can just make a more conscious decision for some reason, even though it's basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, but Nathan, <laughs> Becca, and their mom end up watching the, the, the series finale that Nathan had somehow never seen, and he gets the epiphany of how to try to tell Ollie, like how to tell Ollie he's sorry, how to tell him he wants to make it work. And it's his grand gesture, which I thought was really cute. Um, yes. And it was that he was going to give him a copy of the screenplay because the screenplay is inspired by him. There's totally an, even Becca says something to him at Thanksgiving about, Oh, good, 
good ending or something like that with the character, with Ollie's character. And he's like, that's not Ollie. And she's like, yeah, sure. Okay. And it's, it totally <laughs> is. So he rushes over and then Ollie's not home. And he's like, oh, I didn't factor that in. And I was like, yeah, this is more realistic than the grand gestures where, yes, the person's there waiting for you. And yes. then when he finds him out and about, he does find him. Ollie's angry and is not readily saying, yes, I'll read your script, which he also hadn't factored in. Also realistic because you really hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> Like Ollie's anger, because this is now twice that like yes we yeah I think we Nate has over gone that. hot and cold on him yeah. and like that without any kind of communication. Mm-hmm. The first time was after their first the kiss after he moved back and mm-hmm. like he like Ollie was like thought he had done something wrong and right. really it was Nate trying to figure out like like they both were having just fucking talk right. But unfortunately, Ollie was trying to he was texting him and. He wouldn't respond yeah. or he would avoid him at school. And then when Ollie does, like, I think confront him eventually, he's like, you know, I do need some space. Or Ollie asks if he needs space. And Nate says, yeah, space would be good. I have all the friends that I need. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah, that was such a shit thing to do. Yeah. And then when he does apologize, Nate's like, you know, that's some shit that, like, something that my dad would say to my mom. That's the way he talks to her. Don't talk to me that way. And I was just like, oh, yes, Ollie, you stand up for yourself. Yes. But then he does read the script. <laughs> you know, I was actually really comfortable with the fact that maybe Ollie wouldn't, mm. or maybe this would not end, or maybe this would like have an epilogue of like both of them in New York. Cause like, we don't really find out if Ollie made it into the program or not. We do after, um, after he reads the script, we find out he did. <laughs> oh, totally missed that. Yeah, okay. It's after um, though, but it's up and up and like to the grand gesture. We don't know if, if Ollie got yeah. in. Um, I was okay with him coming to terms with, like, you have to take these risks because otherwise, like, what's the point yeah. in life? I mean, I'm very glad that Ollie read it and, and, and that, you know, had a happy ending. But I was also very comfortable with the idea of an ending where it may not have been yeah. this epic love story. I kind of thought it was going to be just because of the name of the book, even though the title of the book has already been said. Flo called it an epic love story when they... Oh, my God. I forgot about first, that. Yeah. yeah. Like, when they first kind of started dating. But I figured he was going to read it, and even though, from Nate's perspective, we get to see that he hasn't got any responses, the days have passed. Becca's, I think, back at school by this point, like, yep. she, you know, and I think it's the night before Ollie's going to move back to New Mexico that he comes over, and he says that he read it, and um, to make it work, and then that's when we find out that Ollie did get in so that they can actually spend the summer together, at least, in New York. Yeah. Which is a good place to spend time with your love when it's not in a time of cholera. Uh, <laughs> in a time of cholera. <laughs> what the fuck, Braid? Good God. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. God. <laughs> oh, that was good. I like that. That was, that was, mm. yeah. <laughs> That's my brain. <laughs> Bless it. Oh, so good. So yeah, they're going to make it work. And Nate finally sees, or is like, yes, you know what? The risk is worth it now. We're happy now. Let's just be happy now. And hopefully he can carry that on. And yeah. if he and Ollie break up, like, that he's okay. Yeah, I And he realizes, so. you know, it's still worth the risk. Right. Right. And his mom's going to start dating again. Um, there's a part earlier in the book where she tells him that she was thinking about it. And I think he asks her and she's like, or no, 
later towards the very, very end, he asks how she's going to do without him. And he, she's like, oh, you know, my Tinder profile is going to help with that. And he's like, Ma. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yeah. Mom, get it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's definitely, I, I, I wish there was a little bit more of the exploration of him and his mom. Um, coming to terms with like like she's not quite overbearing though she does make a comment about going to college with him and getting another degree mm-hmm. um and and she does kind of move on with life but like i don't know it as we kind of talked about this briefly beforehand i do wish there had been a conversation about therapy mm-hmm. yes because that... they definitely both could have used it yes there definitely could have been some maybe right after dad's death and then some ongoing. Um, And then definitely, I think that would have probably, if they hadn't done it up to this point, like in the book, I think it could have probably helped really mediate that conversation where Nate tells her that he needs to be able to live his life without worrying about her. I think their therapy would have helped that be said in a better, less hurtful way. And then a productive conversation at the time. Yeah. But all in all, I really liked this. I did too. I did too. I was very glad it um, took some of the normal YA um, romance tropes and kind of turned it on its head Mm -hmm. in a good way. Yes. Um, And yeah, it just felt very real. Yeah. Um, Also, what felt a little bit real too, to kind of go back a little bit, Ashley and Gideon. um, Oh God, yes. Over Thanksgiving, Flo and, and... Nate are out and then Gideon comes to join them and he's like oh Ash isn't talking talking to me this is after her grand gesture and after the Halloween party but she basically like said she needed space because he doesn't feel this way about her she just needs space and he's like I don't know what to do and when they're talking he says something like about that I have a reputation and they're like what and he's like because he's <laughs> popular he plays sports he's on student council or whatever and they would expect him to be going out with a certain like the head cheerleader now they were just like dude what the fuck what is wrong with you? Um, And I think he realizes he was taking Ashley for granted because there's a scene earlier in the book where she's holding his hand and he's crying and he doesn't tell. We never, the other two don't learn what's going on. And it's not until this scene where he's talking to them about her that he says his mom is sick. And that's the first Flo and Nathan are hearing about it. But then Ashley was helping him with this and we don't actually learn more about that. But I think he finally realized like a shut up about your stupid reputation and then B, you're, you're taking, like, you spend all your time with her anyway. Like, what? And if you don't see her that way, fine. But, like, you have to, re- you have to, like, respect how she's feeling and her space. But then they do get together because yeah. I know this is Nate and Ollie's epic love story, but they do also get together, Ashley and, uh, and Gideon. No, and I do definitely appreciate that as well because it's, you know, um, Ashley's going through a lot mm-hmm. and. She is basically a fill-in girlfriend for Gideon and recognizes that she has these feelings and mm-hmm. that she wants more. She wants it more official. And right. I don't know. I really appreciated the, the way theirs ended and yeah. that, you know, they're both happy. And I hope yes. his mom ends up okay, too. Me, too. I'd appreciate another book in this world. Like, yeah. um, not necessarily like a Nate and Ollie story again, but like. Ashley and Gideon's maybe something about flow. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a couple of YA authors that do that where it's like, they take a side character and make yeah. their book, the next, the sequel book, you know, about them. Right. Um, and I actually would really appreciate 
that if that happens. Yeah. I would definitely pick up a copy. Yeah, because Flo actually isn't dating anyone at the end of this since Lydia broke up with her and then she's not, yeah. she's just not dating anyone. Um, when we... And I, I don't know, I kind of would like an exploration of maybe like Flo feels that she needs to date and that this has been like a happy single kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or something, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But all in all, loved it. <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad, because I was a little worried when I was like, oh yeah, this is YA. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I agree. It was um, very well done. Yeah. Handled a lot of things that I think even adults still have to struggle with. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, we did kind of actually skip over. There is a little bit of a coming out. Um, it's when he's finally talking oh, to yeah. Becca. Uh, she's at school still, and this is before anything happens with Ollie. And um, she asks, and he, she just, I think she just flat out asks him if something's going on there, if he likes Ollie like that. And he just kind of ends their video call. So she texts him, she calls him, he's not answering. So she calls their mother's phone and she's like, I really need to Which speak to this. Best. Right. So mom comes upstairs. She's like, it's your sister. <laughs> and she's just like, Nate, I love you. Like, and if you like, Wait, you yeah, got, that's... and if you like him, you got to tell him. Like, it's just, yeah. it's very, it's not like, Oh, how can this be? I do wonder if Becca knows about what happened when he was 10 or like, I don't always like kind of saw it. Maybe not like all blah, not Nate telling her, but yeah. like, I think she know. says something that she had wondered because they were always so close, but she didn't know about the kiss when they were ten. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but yeah, there is that little bit coming out. Um, yeah. And then she's just back into sister mode of giving advice, like if you like him, you gotta tell him, like exactly Come on. which is also what Flo had been saying and then when his friends find out Gideon says the same thing and he's like why is everyone saying that and Flo's like because we're right because you have to <laughs> so. it's so good yeah it's so cute it's so good <sighs> sorry um I also like the cover of this we, we mm-hmm. haven't really talked about it much oh, yeah. um just like the casual comfort of them on a couch mm-hmm. arms slung over mm-hmm. um i just i really dig it i yeah. think it's super sweet like you don't need massive gestures right it's great and it's it's really because like one of them is laying so that his head is kind of hanging off the couch and his legs are up on what would be the wall and the other has his head on his chest and it's yeah. just like a very comfortable, chill, we're hanging out, like, we're comfortable with each other. I just, yeah. That's the point of a relationship that I want to be in. Like, I'm really not looking forward to dating again and, and getting back out there and stuff like that. I just want to be able to chill on a couch and be like, <laughs> you know, someone's head is in someone's lap and just relaxing. Yep. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just want that date. Yeah. Let's figure out if we work that way. Yeah. And if we do, cool. Right. We can do food next. Yes. <laughs> Let's start with the priority here. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But uh, I do definitely plan on um, taking some time to... I, I did know a little bit of ASL. Like, I used to be able to do the alphabet and knew a few words as a mm-hmm. kid. Um, and then when the twins were in daycare, my mom's twins, um, they were taught a little bit of it. Mm. Um, which... Because Mackenzie um, kind of struggled to communicate for a while, um, 
that way she could at least tell us like she was hungry mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, so yeah, like I, I love it. And especially with the masks and stuff, if I can get to a point to help someone or like communicate with someone who maybe can't hear well, but like we fucking need to be wearing masks. I'm sorry. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> so before we get into what we're reading next for the podcast, do you know what you're reading next? That's not for the podcast. I do. There are so many other books that I should read first. And I probably will read some of them, at least one of them. But as I was very excitedly woken up this morning to an email where I got an advanced copy of Alyssa Cole's new mystery thriller novel, When No One Is Watching. It comes out September 1st. I am so flipping excited. It's like rear window meets get out and i am so ready for this in brooklyn so nice. it's like three things i love yeah well that's awesome i didn't realize that's where so. i said i'm i'm very excited to for you to report back or yes. yeah i want to hear what you think i'm very very excited um to read something of hers that is not her romance stuff which i do really really like her romance stuff um but I love when people branch out into other things. Nice. And uh, love geeking about Alyssa Cole. So yeah. what about you? What are you going to read next? I'm going to finish my collection of Nella Larson's work. And then I also joined Book of the Month Club and yeah. got The Vanishing Half, which I'm <laughs> very excited to to read. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to let me know how that is because I definitely debated that one. Yeah, it's by Britt Bennett. It's about, I know it's about two teens, two black te- twins. Sorry, they're twins. Although they are teens when they run away. They're, they run away from their uh, community in the South when they're 16. And then when they're adults, one is living back in the same community, but the other is passing for white and her white husband doesn't know. So, oh. yeah, I'm like, what are we doing here? Let's see. So that's what I'm going to... I'm going to finish Nella Larson's collection and then The Vanishing Half by Brooke Bennett. Very cool. Yeah. I will. I'm very excited here. And um, the we should be hearing about the next book of the month books this week. So nice. I got this is definitely going to I need to like I'm very excited to have joined this, although I also have been <laughs> I bought a couple on my Kindle. But then I'm also like, if I'm ever going to have the library, I want I need physical books. So but yeah, I mean, no. Yeah. And. And the good thing about book of the month is one, it's been around for like a hundred flipping years. Right. It's not going anywhere. And two, like it's 15 a month. I think it's 14 or 15 um, for a hardback book. And those are running 28 to 30. 30 bucks. Yeah. And there's always a good chance. One, you're going to get the book early. Mm-hmm. If you like put it in and on the first, like for instance, um, home before dark technically will have come out by the time this episode drops, mm-hmm. but it doesn't technically come out until Tuesday, the 30th. Yeah. So, which I totally want to get you this know. book. <laughs> yeah. Like after your um, review of it, essentially, I was like, "Oh yes, I need someone else to read it so, so that I can it. talk about it mm-hmm. with them um, and reread it." I think it's packed up at this point, but I definitely plan on reading it. <laughs> Maybe I'll get the the audiobook. Um, but yeah, I just it's it's nice to I, I can't find my Kindle at the moment. Mm. Like I know it's not packed. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's somewhere in my apartment because I didn't take it out of my apartment. Where the fuck would I have taken it? <laughs> um, but like, I already lost one this year. I left it on a plane and they no. never found it. Aww. And so I was like, that's fine. I had a backup Kindle. 
and now I can't find it. And I can't read on a tablet because of the backlight. Mm. Like it hurts my eyes. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't really want to spend another 60 to $130 on a new Kindle, but mm-hmm. I will because most of the books I'm buying right now are yeah. on Kindle and ebook. So wait until you but move yeah, though, because it's gotta be somewhere in your apartment. It's I know be. that's the thing is we'll find it, <laughs> but you'll find it. I have faith. Yeah. Have faith. It'll be good. Yeah. And then I can get back to reading. Cause like, I, I, you and I both, uh, most of our readings done on commutes mm-hmm. and it's been a little bit hard to adjust to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still trying because, to adjust. Yeah. And it honestly home before dark. Um, so that was not, I, I, I've come to learn. I've read about 40 books over quarantine, um, which includes books for this podcast. Way more than I have. Books, <laughs> <laughs> well, it includes the books for this podcast, it includes the Animorphs books for Minds at Year. Uh, yeah. Um, and it includes comics that I read for an episode of Panelology, but I did read some other stuff and it was kind of like a, oh, I guess I have been reading, but I don't necessarily set time. And, um, I group read a book with a friend and like actively had to make time to read it and have gotten back into this habit of like reading a little bit before going to bed. Mm -hmm. And then on weekends, waking up and being like, I don't really have to start my day at 8 a.m. I don't have to start packing at 8 a.m. <laughs> I don't have to be out of bed at 8 a.m. to do anything. Why not read for an hour or so? And and Home Before Dark was like, a like mostly because I was like, I'm not fucking putting this down yeah. until I'm done. I need answers. <laughs> I need to know, is this house haunted or is she crazy? And um, so, yeah, since then, I've started reading more at night and... And finding and then and, 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 and I need a physical book to do that because my tablet. I can't do it with a tablet. But if I find my fucking Kindle You will things would be a lot easier. You will. It's so. somewhere. It has to be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Check under the couch cushions, behind the couch pillows. I did. Like, no. <laughs> I I checked under the couch. I checked under the cushions. I like it's not under the couch when that's why I'm at this point. I'm like, it has to be in a tote bag. Mm-hmm. Half of which I've packed up already. Shit. Mm. We'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll figure it out. But that's okay, because I have a Melissa Cole book and I'm yes. so excited. <laughs> I am so excited to hear about it. <laughs> <sighs> and then next time for the podcast, our challenge is a yellow cover. So we went with The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl by Issa Ray. And I... I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> she is a delight. Like... You've read this. I did. Yes. Or I have. Yes, I did. I have it on um, audio audible. And uh, so I'm like so excited to go back to it. But like, I love her. (laughs) Love Insecure. I have not bought the magazine Cosmo in years. I bought it the other day because she was on the cover. (laughs) Oh, shit. Now I'm going to have to go check that out. I don't know when. I I can't remember if it was this month or last month for the life of me. (laughs) Because time has no meaning. That's fine. I'm sure I can find a digital copy of it is. Yeah. She's so great. So. That'll be in two weeks. So join us for the misadventure. Oh, wait. Where can people find you? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, so easiest place to find me is on my blog or Twitter. Uh, I am usually posting something about what I'm doing on those. Um, I have a lot of projects in the hopper, just nothing that I can really talk about yet. Uh, but I'm very, very excited for my second half of 2020 um, and all the things that I'm hopefully going to get to do. Um, what about you? Uh, for me, you can find me here at the podcast. Um, if I ever write anything else, if I just you listen should. to Ollie, <laughs> to okay, Oliver James. So, <laughs> Camp National Novel Writing Month starts on July first. 
Oh my God, it does, doesn't it? It does, and you don't have to write 50,000 words. True. It's whatever word choice you set. You know, I did start the actual, like, national, in no, the November, like, 50,000 word one yeah. once, and I was doing really well doing my daily quota, and then, this was in 2016, the election happened, and I was just like, uh, fuck yeah. everything, yeah. and that's literally where I stopped. Yeah. But. Well, if you don't have <laughs> a lot of plans for July, I highly recommend, and if you do, just set a low word count. I mean. Um. You know, it's, it's and, the, the same quarantine plans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm debating restarting up my, because we were going to do the 365 writing thing and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was debating starting that back up on July 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to write, work on screenplays. That's my camp. Okay. I've got like four different projects. Nice. And it's like, you got to start. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, I'll keep but you I'd posted. love for you to do it. Me too. I'll keep you posted. Okay. <sighs> just need to. I just need to like go back to the book. Some of the stuff Ollie said that I freaking know. Like write it on a piece of paper yeah. and put it up in my apartment to be like Oliver James said this. Yes. So just do it. <laughs> you are hella talented. Go buy a new notebook. <laughs> do it. <All> right. Do it. <laughs> I will keep you posted on my decision about that. I've got two days <laughs> to decide. You do. You do. Yeah. But that could be good. All right. Let me yeah. look at it again. Because I've definitely tried the camp one, but like didn't get far. <laughs> and that's fine. They have it in, it's April and July. And again, it's as many, like as little or as much as you want yeah. to write. True. Okay. It, But more than anything, and they've actually reset it up so, like, you don't have to necessarily be working on a novel. Like, mm-hmm. you can choose to be working on short stories. Like I said, I'm working on screenplays. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, even if you want to spend camp doing editing, like, they have an option for that. Like, oh, they really, really wow. branched out. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So, it's they're, – they're really just trying to get it more active for the writing community. We are not sponsored by camp, uh, National Novel nope. Writing Month. But if you like to write, definitely recommend checking it out. Mm-hmm. All right, so. let me go <laughs> play around on the website because I do just need to like, do it because I do I do really like it. I just don't do it is <laughs> the problem. Hey, okay, let's wrap this up. Okay, and then yes. I, I do actually have a couple more comments that I can, I can make. <laughs> okay. All right, and you can find us at JBC Podcast on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And join us in two weeks for the misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. And in the meantime, keep supporting your local libraries and Black-owned bookstores. And stay safe out there. Stay safe. Wear masks. Brush your teeth. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) See you in two weeks.